Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Thank you so much for joining me for the Pretty Powerful Podcast. This is Angela Gennari, and I am sitting here with Chichi Okezi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Angela. So I am very excited. You have such an impressive resume. And so, and you are a fellow entrepreneur. You're doing some incredible things. And what I love about it most is that you are influencing women and teaching about diversity and inclusion. So kudos to you for that. So I want to go ahead and read your bio um, so that our audience knows how amazing you are. So Chichi Okezi is a owner producer of Simple Networking LLC. Simple Networking is a consulting firm based in Atlanta, Georgia, which specializes in business networking, diversity and inclusion, and cultural awareness, consulting, and training. Chi-Chi has spent the last 16 years assisting corporations, top universities, institutions, and federal agencies with professional development training. She is trilingual, the author of two networking books, Simple Networking and Networking Made Simple, blogs as the champion networker, as well as published hundreds of on- online articles as a diamond expert for ezinearticles.com. Her company was granted a proclamation for Business Networking Day for November 13th in 2017. Congratulations. Through her company, Chi-Chi has presented keynotes, hosted events, and created training programs. She has also developed workshops and curriculum in various topics of business networking, diversity and inclusion, branding, entrepreneurship, ethics, and integrity. A unique value proposition is including culture, arts, and entertainment to broaden the learning and development experiences. Additionally, Chi-Chi is the recipient of several awards, including the Class of 40 Under 40 for Connect Magazine and Rejuvenate Magazine. She is heavily involved with her alumni association and serves as alumni counselor to the Campus Life Committee for the Emory Board of Trustees, as well as executive committee member of the Oxford College of Emory Board of Counselors. Chi-Chi holds several active memberships with the FACCATL, ADMAG, which is the Atlanta Diversity Management Advocacy Group. ASAP, which is the American Society of Administrative Professionals, and Turning Point Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as I said, very impressive. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. And I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. So um, so tell me, I mean, you have really built this amazing uh, business around networking. Tell me why networking is so important. Oh my gosh, I think we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, tell me uh, why. When it comes to networking. Well, I started it 16 years ago. So, of course, social media doesn't look, did not look anything. Yes. Like it looks now 16 yes. years ago. But I felt like when I would go to events, there was a disconnect. Okay. You know, people would meet each other, they would talk, and then there was not really, um, I don't want to say like a, a method because I don't want it to be super structured, but there wasn't like a protocol okay. for networking. Yeah. So it was just, if I need something I'll reach out if I don't need something I won't reach out and it just kind of fizzled so I would go to events I used to be an intern for the French American Chamber of Commerce so FACC Atlanta and um, I learned how to network from my uh, mentor 
I would shadow her. Yeah. And so go to events and learn how to um, network and connect with people in English and in French or en français. And um, felt like, yeah, there's a real need for networking. Mm, I love it. And I love that you had a female mentor. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> well, we, we. yes, yes. <laughs> we, madame. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we, uh, we don't have his, uh, enough female mentors. So I love that she allowed you the opportunity to shadow her because, you know, I say that you know, what holds women back isn't necessarily men, it's women. And so, you know, I love that you are out here talking about diversity and inclusion and you are talking about about networking and as a female nonetheless because networking for us is extremely powerful you know making those connections because we do really well in person you know we we are charismatic and we can have you know we can be engaging we can show empathy and all of these things come across in networking much more than they do you know in any other environment so i love that your focus is networking um so i uh you know i, I have a, a quick story i got out of college and I took my first job here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I it was working for a startup internet company and it was business to business telecom. And when I took this position, my sales manager comes to me and he says, all right, so you're going to need to go meet business, business people. And I'm like, I don't know where to meet business people. Where do I go? And he said, well, you need to go to the chamber of commerce. And I said, oh, okay, I don't know what that <laughs> is, but I'll figure it out. And so I started going to the Atlanta, Metro Atlanta Chamber of Commerce meetings. And I was 23, 24 years old going to these meetings. And I felt like a fish out of water. I did not connect. I could not. Nobody was really taking me seriously. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so finally, I was just so frustrated with the experience. I was like, you know, I feel like I wasn't getting out of it what I what I had hoped for. And so I started my own networking group. It was a young professionals networking group. And it changed the trajectory of my life because having those young professionals to network with, it actually became my accidental first company. Oh, nice. (laughs) Because, you know, I ended up with 2000 people on a mailing list and they would say, where are we going next week? And what's happening? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like people are depending on me to figure this out. (laughs) I just wanted to connect with people, but it's the power of networking. People were so thirsty for something like that, you know, young professionals getting together in a fun environment and connecting and relationships were built there that I've maintained through the past 20 some odd years. (laughs) And so um, I believe in what you're doing. I think it's so, so powerful. So tell me a little bit about how you got your start in network and and, in, in simple networking and just why this is so important. Well, I started out um, as a freelance translator. So okay. I am trilingual. English yes. is my first language. Okay. My second language is my parents' language. They're Nigerian immigrants. Oh, beautiful. So my dad came here in the mid-70s. Oh, excuse me, mid-60s. Okay. And my mom came in the mid-70s, and Chi-Chi came in the late 70s. Okay. <laughs> but I was born and raised in Brooklyn and okay. then um, moved here to Atlanta. So I consider myself a bit of an apple peach. You know? <laughs> I um, love but it. nonetheless, yes. Um, I when I went to Emory, I yeah. graduated. I majored in French cultural studies, which my parents still don't think that's a major. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, they're hardcore math and science people. Right. So this is this was out. This was not expected <laughs> at all. Right. Um, but I started freelancing um, translations from French to English, and um, working with the French American Chamber and the Consulate General. Excuse me, Consul. General of France. So 
back in the day when we had the white pages. I know some some of our listeners may not know what that <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I think there might be like a whitepages.com or something now right, that right. you just use on a date when you're looking up people on a dating app. And that's exactly. <laughs> so there wasn't quite, Google was not out yeah. there yet, you guys. So yeah. um, on the white pages, they would try, people that were traveling to France or needed information about passports and um, visas, uh, they were looking for the French consulate. But in the white pages, it was actually listed as the Consul General of France. Oh, interesting. So okay. they would always look for the French consulate but find the French-American chamber. Oh, So they okay. would call the French-American chamber and we would direct them. But I ended up getting a lot of referrals. So I said, let me just start freelancing mm-hmm. in order to, um, you know, build a business, learn about business, make some money on the side. And um, found that when I would be doing these translations, I could network to get um, larger audience clients and and things like that. So that's I how kind of how simple networking started. Very cool, <laughs> and I love that you're yeah this whole like bringing the white pages into it. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Okay, so then you started simple networking, mm-hmm. and tell me about you know starting a business, launching something. How how did you get started? How did you you know reach out to people at that point? Well. I was not groomed to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Okay, so I know, math and science. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not have any formal training, but as I mentioned, I had an excellent um, mentor in Jane Medlin, and I would shadow her. And then also being an intern at the FACC Atlanta, yeah. I learned a lot about business because even though they are nonprofit, they did have a very strong economic stem. So I learned a very lot cool. about finance. I learned a lot about budgeting, especially for a nonprofit. Yeah. And that's really where it where it started for me. So getting a business license, tax ID, trademark, yeah. all that fun stuff. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I've been down that road. <laughs> okay, very cool. And then um, going to Emory, there's there's you know what I love about Emory is there's a great support set support system there. I feel like when you've graduated from Emory, you've graduated with a team of people who really just become, especially with being on the board of trustees, like you you have such a powerful network there. Um, so tell me how your alumni and, you know, being part of Emory, how has that, has that changed or helped you in any way in terms of building? Um, yeah, it's been great. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> oh, I just had a committee meeting this morning and it went so well, but I need a nap. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so shout out to my wonderful um, committee chair, um, Teresa Rivero. Yay! Uh, Previous yay. Pe- pretty powerful <laughs> podcast guest. Yay, <laughs> um, but yes, having a strong network has and being an alum with Emory has been excellent. Um, yeah. and it's, it's multiple folds, right? Yeah. Um, I enjoy connecting with my classmates, my fellow Eagles, um, and then serving on different boards. You get a chance to meet people you would have never gone to school with or different mm-hmm. schools because there are nine schools um, units. Right. Um, the other thing is that it gives me a chance to mentor. Yes. Mentor um, up and rising students, those that are interested in careers that are in entrepreneurship or business mm-hmm. um, and, or even in French or international business as well. And then the other fold is the business side. And a lot of people don't mm-hmm. realize this, but at least the schools that I've worked with, right? Sure. Um, they have a procurement system. Mm-hmm. So you can actually be a vendor or supplier for your alma mater. And it's not just about being a professor or an adjunct professor. 
A supplier basically means that you're offering a service. Right. And you will um, be paid for the yes, exactly. <laughs> <for> the service. <laughs> yes. So um so leveraging the power of networking. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about what that means as a woman, as a black woman, as um, uh, you know, as anybody starting out as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the leveraging the power of networking and what it can mean in a business because I think that we don't do enough of it outside of social media. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? It's really important and mm-hmm. definitely overlooked, sometimes mm-hmm. undervalued. Yes. I still believe that we are scraping the surface of it. Um, building relationships is yes. critical. Um, that trust and like, no factor. Um, and also, it's a way to brand yourself. A lot of people don't understand that networking can actually brand yourself. Yeah. And I think about it in the way of how you communicate. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I say this in my workshops. You have three images, right? Right. That you can use to brand yourself. You have your written image, okay. your physical image, as well as your verbal image. Interesting. So okay. your verbal image is the elevator pitch. Yes. <laughs> yes. So this is how you introduce yourself, how you make this amazing first impression. Um, your written image can be, of course, your social media, your online right. presence, business cards, marketing material, and then your physical image, the way that you dress and how you present yourself. And they all should come together and be congruent. I love and it. I, I think that, or I believe that's very critical when it comes to networking. Um, the other piece about networking is that it's, I've heard the word on the street, Angela, is mm-hmm. that networking is slimy. I hate using that word. They have yeah. these other pseudo words. And I've, I have mixed feelings about this. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Tell me. Um, yes, networking can be, um, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is. It's what you make it. Right. I always tell people, think of it like the word it is network. When you look it up in the dictionary, mm-hmm. it means two or more computers connected, sharing information. Oh, so yeah. think of it as two or more people coming together, sharing information. You're building relationships, supporting each other, mentoring, sponsoring, um, advocating, especially mm. now as we're moving into this. Is it endemic? I want it to be uh, a no-demic. I, but- <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. But nonetheless, we're learning a lot about uh, or bringing to the forefront social causes, mm-hmm. ways of advocacy, speaking up, you know, um, being able to have your voice and yeah. being heard. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's always confrontational. Mm-hmm. You can speak up to, to um, recognize someone. Yes. And to bring recognition to yourself. Yes, yes, agree. Well, and I and I, I love that you talk about this branding um, of branding yourself because that's something we don't do enough of. You know, we identify with our company, we identify yeah. with our family, we identify with our you know where we live, but we need to build our own brand identity, and mm-hmm. um, that is what carries you through. And then everything else can be shaped around it. You know. So if your brand identity is, you know, I am a female CEO, this is what I do, this is what I believe in, this is where I spend my time networking, this is where I put my efforts and volunteering, then that becomes your brand. And I and I love that you really focus on, you know, how important that is to build that brand identity all around. 
So no, I agree. I'll give an example um, because I, I've heard um, even entrepreneurs, um, working professionals mm-hmm. that work for a huge company and feel like they can't have a personal brand. Yes. So I always think I always go back to the um, example of athletes, mm-hmm. right? So we'll use we'll use a woman athlete. Um, okay. I love um, Lisa Leslie. Okay. She's amazing. Yes. You know, was on the end of well, NWBA and WNBA. WNBA, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And so, yeah, she was on a team, but she still had her own personal brand. Yes. And I think about it in that sense, like as a a coach or even as a captain, she still wore jersey. And it's not like everyone had the same number jersey. Everyone had different numbers with different names on the jersey. So that when you're playing, yes, you have the overall team score, but then you also have separate scores for each person. Mm -hmm. That's a branding mechanism yes when you're able to be a part of a group or a team but then you're also able to explain or show the value that you personally add oh i love that because you know what we talk about in this uh podcast is mm-hmm. how we give our power away as women, yes. you know, and, <laughs> and that is one of the things that we do is that we become part of a group instead of an, you know, a, a person, mm-hmm. but you can do both. You can be, Absolutely. you can show your value in a room. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, where I think we, we tend to shy away. We don't want to take credit for things. And so we mm-hmm. shy away from that, but it is possible to, you know, have a group that is powerful, whether it be a company, mm-hmm. a team, and then also to own your own power in your own space as well and recognize the value that you bring to that organization or that team. Absolutely. And that's something that I always push with my fellow female entrepreneurs and working professionals and colleagues. Yes. Because it's always good to have now we're in this data age, right. analyzing, and, and it's it's great when you talk about yourself and your the skills that you have, but also um, making that um, quantifiable. Yes, extremely important. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to know value according to numbers, and that's sometimes <laughs> hard. It's sometimes hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you are starting your company and you're out there, you know you've got you've written two books. I mean. How tell me about some of the obstacles that you have overcome in all of these incredible accomplishments accomplishments that you've made? Because, you know, I know success doesn't happen overnight. And as brilliant as you are, and as you know, I, I have no doubt that you are extremely powerful in every single aspect of your life. Tell me about some of the challenges that you faced. Well, the biggest challenge is actually my age. Really? I never really had a full-time, a bona fide full-time job. Okay. Um, when I graduated from school, I did start um, doing marketing for a used car dealership, and I only stayed for a week. And oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wanted to quit that Wednesday, but I toughed it out till uh, Friday. <laughs> right. So once again, parents had no hope in cheating. Right. <laughs> So um, it, it was my age. So I was like 22, 23 when I started doing the freelancing. And then yeah. when I moved into the simple networking, I was still under 30. Wow. And um, it was going to these meetings and people would start, listen now, listen now, now on. When people start to explain themselves, they'll say, I have 30 years of experience in corporate uh. America. <laughs> 35, or I've done this and this degree and that degree, or I have this number of people on my team. And I would just sing, like, I just turned 24. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't know what else, I I don't know how to compete with that. 
So what I had to do when I was starting out was to do a lot of things that were not age specific. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be a yeah. certain age to write a book. Right. Um, you don't have to be a certain age to get a proclamation, believe it or not. Wow. Um, and you don't have to be a certain age to start a business. Yes. So those were the things that I started doing. And then also, you know, going to different um, groups and organizations, mm-hmm. um, learning from people that were I want to say older, but more mature and wiser. And then also kind of piggybacking off of them, getting referrals and leads to be able to, um, you know, do workshops at conferences and different types of associations and meetings. So tell me who inspires you. Okay, so believe it or not, it's my younger brother. Oh, that's so sweet. And um, it was... It was, at first it was a love-hate relationship. Yes. (laughs) I remember growing up in Brooklyn and my parents worked all the time. So when I was old enough, I became the unpaid Uh (laughs) babysitter. (laughs) And um, I I was just so, um, what is that word? Bitter. Uh And I was like, everybody's out. They're playing. They're watching TV. They're hanging out with their friends. They're going to parties. They're going to the movies. And I'm just stuck watching my brother. Uh (laughs) The tragedy. The tragedy, you know? (laughs) So it was, and I use this story Mm. actually in a lot of my workshops. Yeah. So how I was, and please don't, Think of me as an abusive <laughs> older sister. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> but um, I would just be like, okay, we're going to, mom and dad want me to watch you. So I want you to just sit there. Don't say anything. Don't talk. Just see it. And, you know, just do your thing and I'll be over here. And I think about that a lot in society. Yeah. Uh, when yes. people are tolerated and not appreciated Uh, i see you you're there i'll give you what you want don't bother me and that's it until angela one day you know bickering complaining and when i was in school the next day and a friend of mine was like so what did you do this weekend i was like oh i had to watch my brother my younger brother and she said that's so cool you wow. have a younger brother. I don't have any siblings. I'm sure you guys must have had a lot of fun. You have someone that can look up to you. And did, oh. and I was like, oh, I felt oh, so <laughs> Stab you in the heart. <laughs> so then the next weekend, I was like, hey, let's get to, with my brother. Hey, let's hang out. We have some time together. Mom and dad's not here. Let's jump on the couches. Yeah. He loves watching um, TV shows, game game shows. So he yeah. he's the host and I'm the contestant. Um, so we're oh, like so doing, you know, those type of um, role plays. And right, then, right. Um, at the time, I don't think he was able to read yet. But so it wasn't like in school per se. But if he had homework, I would try to help him. And it just yeah. became a thing of instead of being like, oh, I see you. I acknowledge that you exist, but I don't want to have anything to do with you to. Yes. Hey, let's come together. Let's have fun. Let's, Ugh. you know, sing and dance and jump around and just enjoy this time. Yeah. Instead so, of I have to be with you, I yeah. get to be with you. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. I hope he hears this. And I he hope appreciates so too. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So, so your younger brother inspires you. And, I, and so I look at that, you know, the, the story that you just told me. And I think to myself, how many times do we do that in our adult life? I see you, you're mm-hmm. here, we tolerate each other, 
but I'm not going to give you any of my attention. Right. You know, and so that that's so relevant, I think, to to how we live our lives today and, you know, not appreciating those around us. You know, I I, I mm-hmm. like you and involved with my church and I run a, a women's small group. Oh, cool. And um, with my small group, you know, we often talk about things like, you know, God loves us the way we are and, you know, and despite our sin and, and everything else. But we talk about how we appreciate the people closest to us the least, you know, and like there's, there's people I meet on a, you know, day to day, you know, interview, something like that. And I talk to them in a nicer, more appreciative way than I talk to the people closest to me. And why do we do that? And, and so we talk about that in our small group and like, how do we fix this? And so we actually went through a seven day exercise where every single day we challenged each other to, give a a compliment or show appreciation to someone unexpectedly, you know, Ooh. so, uh, you know, whatever that looked like. So, you know, and I think that that's what we have to do is, you know, with your story of the, with your brother, I love that, that he inspires you. And, um, you know, I really do hope that he knows that. And, you know, doesn't. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> maybe he does now. <laughs> But, you know, those those people around us, you know, you're you're right, you know, because how many times do we go about our day to day lives and not appreciate the people we acknowledge they exist and then we move on, you know, but yeah, showing appreciation goes a long way. So that's beautiful. Okay, so um, so tell me about time. as women, we give our power away a lot, you know, and so um, I think we share power, you know, we, we think, okay, we want to see to the table, but then we don't own our power when we have it, or, or um, we, we don't know what to do with that power. So tell me about a time that you've stepped into your power, and what that felt like, and a time that you've given it away, and what that felt like. Oh, man. So um, I will use um, the example with um my role as alumni counselor. Yes. So it's, it's been interesting. I roll off, um, September. Okay. So it's a three year term and most of it has been virtual because of the pandemic. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's been interesting because it's really designed for in person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, they were, they were kind of interviewing me pre, uh, it's like a pre exit kind of thing. And one of the alumni boards. And so they were, you know, asking me these questions, Angela, and I was being as open and honest as I could, but still being objective. Right. Right. You know, it's it's a pandemic. Right. 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 (laughs) This is true. Yes. And, um, and so at the end of the, um, survey or the interview, they're like, Oh, okay. Well, would you like to recommend someone to succeed you? Oh, and I thought, interesting. I never even thought about that. Yeah. Okay, let me sit down and think about this. And I did. I took the time, you know, they had certain criteria. And then I took the time to really think about it. Like, who would be perfect for this role? And who would be someone that, um, it's not going to make me look bad, but. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, we'll get an experience that they may not have had an opportunity yes. to have. Yes. So I was very, very intentional about that. And I, Good. But nonetheless, yes. and yes. that was that felt very empowering for yeah. them to ask and then really like taking the time to sit down and really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was very honored in that position. Oh, that's lovely. I love it because um, you said she, so I, yes. I, 
I am very thrilled <laughs> that you recommended a woman in your place. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. Um, okay. So then tell me, um, as a woman, um, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self setting out on your journey? So many people ask me that question. Yeah. I, I would listen to myself. Really? Angela? <laughs> I think about oh, like, goodness. what if your 60 year old self came to you right now? She yeah. can't set something. I'd be freaked out. Yeah. And then I wouldn't listen. I would like, no, no, no. Even though you've lived it, you know, right, like, right, no, right. no. Um, I think I would say, and I'm, I'm joking, but hydrate, just drink yeah, water, yeah, just well, drink a you. lot of water, just because a lot of the things that I do, even though it's not hard labor, yeah. it involves a lot of thinking yes. and um, it involves a lot of energy. Mm. And um, so being healthy yes. is extremely important. I didn't really realize that until the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had to be at home, of course, and working mm. from home and taking care of my elderly parents. And I was thinking I had time to actually cook my food yes. <laughs> or, um, you know, pick out healthy things to eat because I yeah. know when I'm on the go, it's, it's not good. Oh, <laughs> girl, we've good. all been there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I started taking vitamins on a regular yes. basis. I haven't done that since the last vitamins that I took on a regular basis were my Flintstone vitamins. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So yep, I think yep. it's it's really just putting your health yes um, front and center yeah, yeah yeah and you talk about the importance of you know prioritizing your quality of, quality of life yeah and health is a big part of that mm-hmm. right because when you feel good mm-hmm. everything else in your life is easier because right. when you feel bad I mean even if it's just a flu you know even if it's something simple but you know in the middle of a pandemic nonetheless right. um, you know things are harder every effort takes more so how do you how do you prioritize? How do you prioritize yourself? How do you balance that? One of the things is when I started out my business, I wanted to make sure that I had health care. Good for you. Which is very expensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not married. I don't have children, so yeah. I'm not on someone's plan. Yes. But at the same time, I'm as a solopreneur, mm-hmm. I am simple networking. Yes. I go down, God forbid, or not well, then that's not good for the business. Right. Um, And if I do, um, you know, expand and get employees, I would want them to have health care as well. Good for you. I think that's very, very important. Yes. Um, Because when that's something less that you have to think and worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, um, and now these different healthcare plans are being a lot more flexible um, and a yes. lot and offering a lot more. So definitely getting a, a checkup, a yearly checkup, is really important. Yeah. Um, as well as eating healthy, you know, yes. um, eating a lot more fruits and vegetables. It's a challenge because it is expensive. Oh my <laughs> it's goodness! Expensive yes. eating healthy. Yeah. But nonetheless, you know, it's it's definitely prioritizing and this is something I did and I I I'm grateful that I did this but okay. I do get a lot of side eyes but I did join AARP oh look and, at you and, and some people are, like, are you old enough and I said there is no definitive age to join of uh-huh. course there are certain services and incentives sure. where you have to be a certain age sure. but nonetheless I enjoy reading the magazines oh my gosh <laughs> they talk a lot about um, you know investing yes. how to take care of yourself and this is things I'm looking at for the future so I, I don't think it. it's a bad thing at all I'm, I'm proud to be a member. It. I'm proud to be a member. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so 
using your role as a, as a female business owner, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have great influence. Um, so tell me how you use that influence and how other females in, in this role can influence others and, and can use that to make change. So it's interesting that you should say that because my um, my brother did my taxes for me. Oh, yay, brother! <laughs> and my older brother. Oh, so, oh, so older okay. And uh, um, he's going to be jealous of yeah. the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Guilt. Um, and it was interesting because when he's going through my taxes, he says to me, "Well, um, you've given over twenty percent um, charity for your um, your income." Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. And um, and so that to me was powerful and influential to be able to use my money to support other causes, yes. to support other people. Um, and even if it's not money per se, um, donate, I've donated clothes. Um, I've donated time. Um, yes. I've donated services. Um, so I think that's really a, an excellent form of leadership, philanthropy, yes, and influence. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. Um, and I saw some type of post, and I can't remember where, but they were comparing um, millionaires and or billionaires and how much money they gave. And um, the lady uh, Mackenzie, right? okay, she gave about over twenty percent of her income to charities. Wow. Compared to her male counterparts that barely gave six to 10%. Wow. So women are (laughs) givers. Yeah, we are charitable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, I love that. So I'll, uh, I have another story. (laughs) (laughs) So I recently volunteered for DECA and, you know, we're in this crazy busy time of our business right now. We've got all these commencement ceremonies and we've just, you know, we're in the events industry. This is event season. You Mm -hmm. know, we, we are working crazy hours right now, but, um, but giving back is something that's really important to me. And especially when it's young people, because I want to bring up these group of young entrepreneurs, and then I want them to come work with me. (laughs) (laughs) There's no shame in that. (laughs) I want to hire them. (laughs) That's a direct funnel. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, I, I I saw that DECA was coming to to the Atlanta Georgia World Congress Center. We actually had some, we had some staff there that, you know, working for the security, um, doing Mm -hmm. security there. So I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to get involved. So I I volunteered as a judge for the entrepreneurship category. Let me tell you how fascinating this this was because, you know, as a judge, now I have this podcast and Mm -hmm. I did some business Mm -hmm. coaching and I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. And like, I have just genuinely enjoyed getting to know these female powerful women, you know, the, mm-hmm. these incredible women that, that, um, I've been interviewing on the podcast, but you know, we're all seasoned business people, you know, business women. And so, um, I'm looking at this, okay, what are kids going to say? You know, these are teenagers, these are high schoolers, right? I can't wait to hear their, their feedback. It was so enlightening. So when I interviewed the female teams, because there were teams of two, you know, sometimes it was two females, sometimes two males, sometimes male and female. And, and so when I interviewed two females and I said, you know, we did a role play on like, um, we did a role play on franchising, right? So I said, when we do what, how do we do our training for the franchisees? You know, tell me, Mm -hmm. tell me how you would design it. Almost every single female only team focused on, well, we need to teach them about our brand standards, our customer service, you know, and, and our, um, 
brand standards, uh, brand identity, customer service, and uh, values, company values. Okay. The, the all-male teams said, well, we need to talk, talk about safety protocols and how to use the equipment and how to do, you know, like it was all like a step-by-step manual kind of like operations focused. And then when I interviewed minority teams, theirs was well, we should be mentoring other franchisees. We should be connecting with the community. And so I was like, fascinating. And so, of course, the ones that I felt had the best answer were the diverse teams because it was a male and a female, you know, minority and, you know, not. And and it's just, it was just, they gave a better, well-rounded response because it encompassed all of it. And Mm so um, the key takeaway is diversify your leadership, diversify your leadership. And you talk about so much of that. And it's like, guys, when you when you Mm -hmm. look around the room, and everybody looks like you, you're not winning, you're not winning (laughs) this race. Because what's going to happen is somebody is going to beat you at at what you're doing, because they have greater perspective, right? So tell me about diversity inclusion, Mm -hmm. and what that means to a company. Well, I'll use myself for example. Yes. You know, born and raised in the United States, my parents are Nigerian immigrants. Yes. And so it's always been interesting when I would go to school because people would think, oh, you're an immigrant. Mm -hmm. Or if you were born here, then English wasn't your first language. Right. So I get to, as I say, I get to experience a lot of these things that other people experience. Yes. And then, of course, my name, Chi Chi, is my stage name. That's Uh, not my full name. And so, but when official documents come, Chi Chi's full name is on there. Yeah. So Chi Chi was not, that's not going to be on my bank card. It's uh-huh. not going to be on my passport. So it's interesting to see how people react to me when they see my full name because I have sure. a foreign name. Uh-huh. So that's a different um, layer of, of diversity. Yes. And so I, when I go into places, I always have to think that um, I have to be open-minded, right? Because people may think that I am an immigrant and have certain biases towards immigrants. They may think, um, you know, or even what type of immigrant Mm. they think I am. And so when I talk about diversity in my workshops, it's, it's really multi-layered. It's not just necessarily gender right. or age. It can also be um, socioeconomic. Yes. I'll give an example is that I was having lunch. A friend of mine, so sweet, um, intro- was introducing me to a lady who um, could, worked for a wonderful company here in Atlanta where I could do um, professional development training for her team. As okay. so we were having lunch together. So I'm telling her about the business. We're having a great time, Angela. And then she says, oh, I have a diverse network. Uh-huh. I said, okay. So she starts uh-huh. to explain her diverse network. Okay. <laughs> so it's four other business women that are located in different areas of the world. And she goes on and she goes on. And then Angela, I said to her, well, you don't have a diverse network. It's actually just you in four countries. Uh huh. <laughs> Nonetheless, I did yes. not get the training program. What? But that's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it was what it was. Yes. It was like it was, they're all women. Mm-hmm. They all are in this C suite. They yeah. all make the same amount of money. They're yeah. all heterosexual. They yeah. all, you know, have children. Yeah. Same. 
educational background. Yep. And I said, that's not yeah. diversity. It's not diversity. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I love that because, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, if I have all women, it's diverse. No, it's not. No, <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. not. <laughs> it's really and not. <laughs> so, like, and, and so diversity matters. It does. Because the different perspectives, the different life experiences, the different ways of viewing things, the different, you know, what is in your heart, you know, with this, with, with the decade. Well, I'll kids. tell you what it does do. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Is that it really invokes empathy. Yes. I had a roommate in school that was vegetarian. Okay. So you can imagine in the late 90s, not like here where you have all these options. Yes. It was really difficult for her to find food to eat. And yeah. it was more along the lines of religious oh, choice. Yeah. So That's there so were certain hard. things that she couldn't eat, even yeah. if it was there were no meat. It was no meat. Right, right. And so she was kind of borderline vegan, but not, but almost, yeah. mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So when we would go out, we would ask. We would ask different restaurants to make sure that she had something to eat. And even when we would go on these buffet lines, if we saw something that was um, no meat in it, we, we wouldn't take it. Yeah. Because we would think, well, somebody else cannot eat this. We can eat this particular dish. So let's have the spaghetti and meatballs and leave the beans for somebody else yes okay so really just being empathetic to mm. other people's needs yeah is, is um to me is a form of di- you know diversity and inclusion yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and and when people recognize that on a board of directors or a c-suite mm-hmm. or you know when you're even even just sitting around a boardroom table the diverse backgrounds and inclusion and mm-hmm. you know different you know, socioeconomic status, whatever it is, it all brings something valuable to the table. You know, with the DECA experience, every single person that sat in front of me gave me a very well thought out from the heart, intelligent, insightful answer. And it wasn't wrong. None of them were wrong. The difference was it wasn't comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I love their answers. They're right. You know, we should be looking at values. We should be looking at um, safety. We should be looking at mentorship. We should be looking at um, brand identity, but we should be looking at all of it, right? Not just one segment. And so, you know, that that's so important to, to bring that to the table and to make sure people understand that it's not about checking a box, right? Because I feel like that's where a lot of the corporations have gone. Oh, I've got a, I've got a DNI, you know, mm-hmm. we've got diversity and inclusion person here. And now we've, we've checked the box, but you have to go far deeper than that. You have to really make sure that the voices aren't just being understood, but that their action plans are being implemented and that they're there's real true value in the voices at the table. And I will take it a step further is um, the diversity piece. Some people think, well, if we have this particular group, it's mm. a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. We can actually be an advantage. And the example I'll give is I'll give myself. Okay. Um, there was an issue that came up years ago. It was a very faulty mascara, Angela, oh. and it poked my eye out. Oh, <laughs> and um, like I had to go to the eye doctor. That's how oh. serious it was. And they're like, you have a corneal abrasion. I was oh like, my I can't even goodness. spell that. I know. Um, so we, we didn't use Visine. We had to mm. use some steroid induced oh <laughs> eye drops. Oh my goodness, yes. So I was, I was down for three days. Oh, <laughs> yes. And so when I didn't have my eyesight, okay, so mm-hmm. I didn't have my eyesight, I noticed that my hearing started getting better. 
Interesting. And so I could hear like when I would turn the TV on, I'm like, oh my God, do I really listen to the TV that loudly? Wow. So I'm literally lowering the volume of the TV. And I go into the kitchen and I can just hear things that I never used to hear before. And I was like, is there something wrong with the refrigerator? Like, why is it making that noise? Uh Is the food like staying cool, right? And then the best part Mm was when the mail would come, because I'm at home. Uh-huh. I'm not going anywhere. Yes. So I could hear the mail truck coming, and it always goes, does my mail carrier or postal carrier always come at 12 o'clock? Because <laughs> I never <laughs> noticed it. Yep. Not to say that U.S. Postal Service did not maintain their cars, but uh, it was a right. loud sound. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, my point is that, if someone may have a disability or what we would consider a deficit, yes. then we need to look deeper into that because there could be an area where they're stronger in. Yes. So in my case, you know, I did lose, air quote, lose my sight for a few days where sure. I just had to rest my eyes, but my hearing and my sense, other senses were so much better. Yeah. So um, I think that's really important going back to valuing people. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. And we actually have a gentleman that works with me who is legally blind okay. and it's so funny because we'll have hundreds of people at an event and I'll walk up to him and I'll say hi to him and he's like oh hi Angela I'm like, <laughs> you know it's me I didn't say it was me <laughs> but he's you know it's just the, the other senses you're right you probably recognize your voice yeah yeah mm-hmm. so but you know and, and when you're talking about hundreds of people coming in and saying hello to you and then all of a sudden they're like oh hi hi Angela you know and it's just interesting that <laughs> Um, but anyway, so, uh, I have just really enjoyed talking to you. So, um, so I have one last question for okay. you and it's one that I just, I love this question because I just, it's just so insightful. What do you wish more people knew? I wish more people knew that there's always opportunity. Yes. Um, even when things may look like there's only one way to do it, there's mm. only one way that I've seen this done. This is just inevitable. Just really being um, flexible, open-minded, and patient. Yes. And absolutely. you'd be surprised. You'd be really surprised. Very cool. I love that. I think more people should take that to heart. Mm-hmm. Always opportunity. You just never know. And sometimes the things that you think are the opportunity aren't the actual opportunity. Exactly. So there's that too. <laughs> So thank you so much, Chi-Chi. You are just a pleasure to talk to. I've really enjoyed this. I've so had thank big you. fun. Thank you for having me. And shout <laughs> out to, um, to Monica McCoy. Monica, Teresa. An amazing, and yes, and Teresa. So yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. Two of my absolute favorite people. They're so amazing. So thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.